Welcome to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And we're live today. You can reach us 410-662-8780 or email us foremanwolf at org. And Cindy, we're going to talk about something that I just love more than anything else in the world, pretty much. Mm. Snacks. No. Yeah, really? snacks. You like I snacks, snacks that much? So much. All right. Think about it, like you're a little hungry and some little thing that you dig is there. You know, it, you're not, it's not a full commitment. You know, <laughs> it's better than a flirtation, but it's not like you're in trouble, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, snacks. I, I, I have to admit, I like to, I'd rather have snacks than dinner. I think a lot of people are like that too. It's just kind of fun to just sort of graze instead of, you know, be so serious and, have a starch, a vegetable, and a, a meat in like a formal setting or, you know, whatever you eat. Yeah, my it's funny. My, my little girls, they they like when dad makes pasta, but then they also really like sort of picnic. Yeah. Which just may be a bunch of different vegetables and some hummus and uh, maybe a little, you know, chicken pinchos and you know, just little fried things, you know, a, a variety of just little bits and pieces of things. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, so many cultures do that, you know, with the tap, tapas in Spanish culture and with antipasta and the Italian culture. Uh, I think they've really taught us how to snack well. Well, I'm sure that you have. We can start with and, and please share your favorite snacks, snacks we're not thinking of or talking about 410-662-8780. Or email us at foremanwolf at wipr.org. And, uh, and if there's a recipe you're after for something, we'll, we'll do our best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to ask you in a moment for uh, a recipe for something that I think makes just a great wine snack. Oh, good. So okay. Try, try to get ready, Cindy. I'm ready, Tony. Right now. Before, first and foremost, <laughs> I want to know, because mm-hmm. I'm difficult like this, what is your guilty pleasure snack? Like your, mm, I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm doing this. Hmm. Um, because I have to have it right now. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, you know, I, I, I will say one thing and then, you know, I'll go down in flames for this. Onion dip and potato chips. Uh, it's potato chips. And I think we all have this problem in my family. Well, because it's not very chefy of me and not what people expect, but you know, that's the truth. And I mean, it's been my mother's favorite snack since I was a little girl. So, and my parents uh, grew up in York, um, Pennsylvania. And so, you know, us potato chips and also uh, those famous um, Sturgis pretzels were one of my, I mean, pretzels, man, my dad ate a ton of pretzels his entire lifetime. I mean, there was always one of those big, clear glass candy jars on the back counter that actually <laughs> came from my grand, great-grandfather's candy shop full of hard pretzels. So I, I don't, I never, I mean, I always liked pretzels, but not a big deal. But um, when we would travel from North Carolina when I was little up to Pennsylvania to see my grandma and grandpa and all of our relatives, we would come back with a car loaded down with food from Pennsylvania. And there was always several bags of 
Utz potato chips and um, those those great uh, pretzels. And uh, my mom and dad would get, uh, you know, market was a big deal. My dad used to work at market. His father was a butcher. His grandfather was a butcher. And they had um, they had their own stalls at market, along with a lot of my family members had farm stalls at market. And so they were used to going there all of their lives and they would get candy and handmade candy. And one of my favorites was it was a chocolate uh, candy that had peanut butter inside. And they also made one with marshmallow inside. I never liked the one with marshmallow, but my mom and dad loved those. But the peanut butter ones, oh my goodness, handmade candies, really good chocolate. Actually, my one of my aunts ended up working for that that uh, that company. It's called Fitzky's in York. And um, yeah, I got to see their candy making kitchen that is probably straight out of the 1920s and getting to see all that old equipment, Tony. Oh my gosh. It was just like so much fun to go in there and see the old mixers and like all the tables they had, the work tables, you know, so beautifully, you know, handcrafted tables and oh my gosh, it was, yeah. But anyway, so that guilty pleasure is, is that, how about you? Chips and dip. Yeah. That's, it may not be very chefy of you, but exactly who doesn't like, call us, 410-662-8780, <laughs> if you don't like chips and dip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's, I, I'd love to give you a hard time, but I can't give you a hard time about that. That's fun. I mean, for me, I mean, I'm my father's son, peanuts. Mm, Just yeah. a very, you know, I, I can absolutely recall you know, like getting on my dad's lap or sitting next to him on a sofa at his mom's house and mm-hmm. being able to share peanuts, one. Nice. And then and then maybe getting a sip of some beer that was supposed to be really good, but sure seemed <laughs> really sour when I was like six. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you just, when you could get that little sip, you did because it was supposed to be like, you know, that's what that's what my dad did. But That was adult stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But the peanuts, that, that was no hesitation on that stuff. The, the guilty part of the peanuts, my grandmother's house. Did you ever see the circus peanuts, that ridiculous candy? Um, they, no. they were probably like the size of an adult thumb. Uh-huh. Uh, they're usually some sort of color that does not come in nature. <laughs> they were very... Like oh. sugar, sugary, almost oh. a little marshmallow. Are you talking about those like marshmallow things? Yeah, they yeah, were orange. They were sort of like marshmallow. Oh, I forgot about those. They, they were oh, orange. And they Talk would about stain, a lot of sugar. And Woo. they would stain your fingers, like the inside <laughs> of your fingers. Like, <laughs> like cheese girls. So, like, That's you, another you, childhood you, you favorite. Could not, you could not go get one of those peanuts <laughs> without being caught. Like you'd oh, wash yeah. your hands five <laughs> times and there still would be like around your nails or something like that. But yeah. But peanuts, whether whether the more wholesome kind or the or or the less, mm-hmm. the, yeah, those are, and and I don't like sweet sweet sweets, but I like those darn things. I forgot. And about I don't those. like marshmallows. Yeah, but me either. Maybe I just like sneaking from my great grandmother's candy dish. I don't know. <laughs> Grandmothers are good for having candy around. So well, the, what's, the the wine the wine snack I was going to ask you about. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the thing I think everyone should be able to do if you. If you're going to open a, a good bottle of wine, you're going to open uh, a, a bottle of white burgundy. You're going to open a bottle of champagne, even better. Um, Gougere. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a sophisticated snack and a very, very happy snack. We a long time had a, a regular uh, at one of our places. 
named George, and George used to always ask, do you all have the cheesy puffs tonight? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and he meant the Gougeres. So sure. would, you, it, would you go through Gougere recipe? It's, I think it's, it's a, super useful. It's a patashu uh, recipe um, that becomes savory. So you can make patashu sweet or savory. So let's say you've had profiteroles. That is patashu dough or shoe dough or shoe paste, as we call it off in the kitchen. Um, and it can be made a couple of different ways, but it is, I prefer to make it with milk. Some people make it with water, um, but I make it with milk, flour, uh, egg yolks, and gruyere, a little bit of cayenne pepper, very little, a little bit of fresh black pepper, freshly ground black pepper. It does uh, take kosher salt. And um, you should have grated gruyere for both the mixture, uh, the hot mixture that you're making, and also you can put a little bit on top halfway through the baking process as well, which makes it nice because it it um, helps it to brown on top and gives it almost like a little crunchy top on it. Uh, but you don't have to do that step. Um, but the process is, the biggest aspect of making uh, the, the patachou dough is that you have to allow it to steam out while you're gently stirring it over at first over uh, a low burner. So you would put the milk in, the butter, sorry, it has butter too, uh, milk, butter, the salt, the cayenne, and the black pepper in. And uh, then, and I, I do not know the the the, recipe, the quantities off the top of my head, but it would be too big for people to make at home anyway. Um, but um, Michel Roux, Michel Roux uh, has a, a fantastically perfect recipe in his book on eggs. So I'm sure you could find that or you can find a recipe for it in a million different places for a smaller quantity. But you put the milk, um, the butter in uh, the pot and with the seasoning, and then you allow that to start to simmer. And the moment it simmers, you you uh, shake in the flour, which is all purpose flour. Uh, and you should have a wooden spoon and you just start, it's going to tighten up very, very quickly. You start beating it around uh, in that pot. And you want to, again, be on low heat because you certainly don't want it to brown or, or do anything. Um, it literally is going to be like a ball in the pot. And um, just keep working it in that pot over that low heat and allow the steam to escape for about three, four minutes, maybe even five minutes. And, um, and just, just keep it moving. And then when that's done, take it off the heat and uh, beat in an egg yolk at a time. So most likely the mixture that one would make for like, let's say even 10 people, you would um, probably have about three or four egg yolks to beat in. And um, you have to incorporate, the, as I said, incorporate them one at a time, make sure it's fully incorporated before you go on to that next egg yolk or you will have, uh, it will separate and will be a mess. Um, and then at the end, you beat in the Gruyere cheese that's grated. And um, if you want, save a little bit aside to put on top. And then you pipe it out, and you should pipe it out in a, in a pastry bag, fit the pastry bag with an open tip. We use a star tip, but traditionally you would use an open tip, which is just a circle tip, right? There's no uh, design to it. And um, you want a, a large size tip. And you pipe that out. And part of the process of learning how to make these is learning how to actually pipe it out. It's, it's a quick circle. Um, and you would, you kind of, again, I'd, even, I'd watch a video on it. I'd watch a video. I'd get a good recipe. Um, and um, then you'll be successful. And you just swirl it around, make a little 
circle basically. And uh, you bake those uh, at a, in a 400 degree oven. And it usually takes about four to five minutes. You do want to rotate your pan halfway through the baking process. Um, and if you are putting the Gruyere on top about halfway through the baking process, put that uh, sprinkle that little bit of Gruyere on top of the, uh, the pâte de or the Gougères and um, finish baking. And they should be hollow on the inside. So if you, I, I mean, there's nothing better than testing them. I love to eat them before they're finished. I, I just, I, I kind of like that bit of raw doughish feeling, and um, I think they taste great before they're completely baked. So give yourself a treat, and you know, taste it to once it's you want it to be golden brown, and um, uh, but it should have a hollow center. That's another reason why they're used as profiteroles because you cut them in half and you put ice cream in the center and you serve them with chocolate sauce. So it makes the perfect cavity. Uh, because they do end up being this perfect sort of circle, but uh, they're empty on the inside. And that's what you're looking for. Delicious. Yeah, great. What I'm looking for is a cold glass of like Vicar Salmon and oh, Gougeres yeah. right out of the oven. Yeah. That's One of my fa- favorite bistros. <laughs> where, yeah, that sounds great. Um, and Paris, and you've been there many times as well. Um, Benoit makes some of the best Gougeres I've ever eaten in my life. And it's nice because when you sit down, they serve them to you. So it's a little gift. And they're usually pretty good size. And they definitely put the cheese on top. Um, they may even put Parmesan on top. It always has an interesting flavor to me. You could also use Conte if, if you prefer uh, over Gruyere. But um, any kind of great melting cheese uh, like that. Gruyere is traditional for a Gougere. So on the subject of snacks, you can reach us 410-662-8780. And Cindy, we've got a few emails I'm going to jump through okay. uh, before we take a break. Or you can email us, foremanwolf at wipr.org. And uh, you got a big endorsement here. This is from MK. Uh, yes. <laughs> Try to say it correctly. <laughs> Only Uts and Onion Dip. My mother oh. never had a party without these. That's oh, nice. and bugles, of course. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. I, I rediscovered bugles. I mean, I don't think I'd had bugles since I was, I swear it was you, that you we went was, somewhere on a trip or something, it and you was. got them at like a Zippy Mart, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't had these since I was like eight years old. I couldn't believe the memory of the flavor of those things, and I don't get them very often, but I will admit I buy those every now and then, too, because they're so good, and they're fun. Like, when you're a kid, that's like the coolest shape. Bugles. Yeah, I did love them. My great-grandmother always had those, and I, when she would fall asleep in a chair, I would sneak them out of the cabinet, too. Uh, I was a bad kid. Nia uh, writes, Such a great topic. Snacks for dinner are fantastic, especially with the summer heat. Mm. A simple cheese board and a little charcuterie. Mm-hmm. It's a grocery day. Lots of options and nice change instead of cooking. P.S. Onion dip is amazing, and it is fancy and chefy as you enjoy it. So there you go. Uh, the Uts guys are going to like this. Uh, here we are. Ronnie in Baltimore. Snacks. Now we're talking. I agree with Cindy. You're so popular now. I agree with Cindy. Sometimes it makes me so happy to just pick a couple of choice items rather than going through a whole meal. One that I'm a new convert in, is to is pimento cheese. I have mm. always strayed away from the RNG coagulated thing. But my buddy was chowing down on some at a party and insisted I try it. I did, and now I cannot stop. Got <laughs> chips, crackers, veggies, a spoon, dip it right into the cheese and be happy. There you go. Yeah, Ron, Ron yeah, it's good, that you, it's good to know yourself. <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> when we come back on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine, it's more snacks. Join us 410-662-8780 or email us formandwolf at wypr.org on WIPR. Listening to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine right here on 88.1 WYPR. Welcome back to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And we're live today. You can reach us 410-662-8780. Join the conversation about snacks. Uh, I don't know why. It's funny. We like it's the summertime, and we do. We end up doing cold food and simple grilled things. Mm-hmm. You know, turn on one appliance food. But then, <laughs> as the summer goes along, all I want is like smaller, lighter, like you know, uh, Charlotte. I feel a little peckish, you know, <laughs> and and go get a little pimento cheese, like Ronnie mm-hmm. was talking about. Though I don't keep that around. Do you have a, a, a something you keep around purely for snacking, you know, like the condiment that goes with the thing? You know, I always have yogurt in my refrigerator. Um, I often have sour cream, too, because I'll keep quesad- corn quesadilla shells in my refrigerator. Now, now that I'm diabetic, I can, I know I can have that. So I can always resort to that if I need like a little snack, you know, if I'm hungry. Um, I always have cheese in my refrigerator and, um, you know, and then I have just condiments like, my refrigerator is almost empty right now, but I do have, you know, two different types of mustard and those things that I just said and, you know, water and champagne. That's what's in my fridge. So, um, and you're, co- you're covered. I, and I'm, yeah, it's fine. Uh, you know, I, I just find that right now our kitchen is very, very hot at work. And um, I, I know what it's like when people don't have air conditioning in their house because of that. So I think if you don't have air, and I know a lot of Baltimore homes don't have air conditioning. Um and, uh, you know, it, it really affects the way you want to eat. There's just absolutely no question. Or if you're, you know, having a picnic or eating outside, um, even if you have air conditioning, you know, therefore you're again affected by the heat. And I think, um, you know, it's got to be cold food. It's got to be light. It's got to be healthy. Um, there's got to be a bunch of, you know, different drinks, um, w- starting with water, uh, but things that are good for you. And like one of the things I make right now in that light, and I, I just had you know, some chefs visiting me. And, and so they were at my house and I made lemon verbena water for them and they were just in heaven. And then the next day I had some, someone working at my house and he, he was outside and I gave him some lemon verbena water because I'm like, I know you're just dying out there. Um, cause it was just so hot and humid that day. And he was just like, Oh my God, thank you so much. And it's all it is, is I, I grow lemon verbena when I had my farm, I used to grow a lot and um, I could bring it into work and I would often make this for my cooks. So it's just, you just make it like you would tea. You bring water up to a boil, but the thing is, is you don't steep it as long as you would a tea bag um, because it will turn bitter. So just drop it in. I only drop it in for about 45 seconds. So bring the water up to a boil, drop the lemon verbena in. And then, um, like I said, let it, it's the, the heat's off but let it sit in there for about 45 seconds then pull the lemon verbena out or strain it out. And then I add a little bit of fresh lime juice and I do add sugar. 
uh, if I'm not drinking it, I add sugar and um, just a little bit just to give it some sweetness. And uh, it's just so delicious, but it's such a simple thing. But, you know, we, we were also talking about how citrus and to me, lemon verbena isn't a citrus, but it almost feels and acts like a citrus because when you smell that, that permeating through the air, oh God, it's just so rejuvenating. And that's, that's what, you know, and also citrus does that for you. So if you don't have lemon verbena, you know, just making your own fresh lemonade or making an orangeade or limeade or all three, um, or making tea and adding citrus to it. Um, I think those are great ways to have refreshing drinks to go along with food that might be cold and light. So we had Kim out on Wilkins Avenue, uh, couldn't stay on the line, but she called in to say double thumbs up on the bugles. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't had a few calls about guilty snack pleasures, you know, the... Uh, yeah, I want to hear things. The, I want to hear the, people's... The, the bean dip that someone makes or uh, mm. some of the other kind of crazy stuff. I want to learn how to make bean dip. So it's it's 410-662-8780. If you have a, uh, a crazy snack to talk about, um, doesn't have to be crazy. My great-grandmother also used to make, it's funny, I, I had a lot of moments of thinking about stuff that she makes mm-hmm. this time of the year. I just bought cucumbers to make quick pickles. And she would do cucumbers and sweet peppers with a lot of onion, you know, and salt, sugar, a lot of onion, a lot of black pepper, and just let them steep in the fridge, hmm. you know. Just delicious. Not not too sharp, but oh my goodness, she mm. made them pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> she my, made them too sweet. All the women in my family make pickles, and they're sweet pickles. And man, when I was a kid, oh, I loved those things. I yeah, and my aunt Dottie was really good at making pickles. She made more than my mother, but yeah, yum. Yeah, she she would she would make those, and then in the afternoon, if you wanted to pickle sandwich she'd make you really nice buttery toast <laughs> load them load them up with those sweet pickles mm. that was all right okay well then there's the cucumber sandwich which i mean i could eat one right now and and you know of course nobody really likes white bread anymore but sorry it's awfully good for a cucumber sandwich and you know that could be <laughs> that could be uh <laughs> that could be, you know, cream cheese and cucumber and end it there. It could be cream cheese, cucumber and watercress, which would be really fun. And you have to have salt and pepper on there. Um, uh, you know, or it could be butter. Uh, but really, I mean, just the old fashioned cucumber sandwiches. My mom used to make those as a, a treat. Like, like if I was, when I was little, we'd have a tea, I'd have a tea party. I'd say, mom, can I have a tea party? Because I used to like to just basically put a little tiny bit of tea in the thing with the, sh- with like a ton of sugar. It was my, my chance to get to eat too much sugar. <laughs> and my mom would make cucumber sandwiches. I'm like, they were so good. So fun. I mean, everything that, you know, that, that is a canopy of some sort is essentially a snack. They're all pretty quick and easy, and you just pop them in your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. My, the, Nanny's little clam toasts with Ooh. the Mornay sauce on them on a on Yum. you know a little piece of buttered toast, or if you want to make it fancy, could be, could be on brioche. But yeah, those did she open are, her own clams when she made that? Sometimes, yeah. When she got older, she would she would buy. You know the, the the canned clams. They have there is such a thing as canned clam. Yeah. yeah, it seems yeah. like that kind of recipe would meet, be from a canned product or a jarred product. I, I, it may have begun that way. I don't know. 
Hmm. May have been one of those 1954 good housekeeping kind of uh, mm-hmm. kind of recipes. Well, cheddar pennies come to mind too. You know that traditional Charleston oh, those snack. Are great. And I used to make those Benny seed crackers when when we were in D.C. That restaurant that we worked at. Oh, those were those were fun. I I, I miss making those. The, the the cheddar pennies are really good because it's got a little bit of cayenne. It's got a ton of cheese in it, but you know it's it's really buttery and it, it's. the texture of those things are, it's so good. And then the bene seed are made almost the same way, except instead of butter, they're made with lard and um, you have to toast your sesame seeds before you add it to the mix. But those, those are fun. And the nice thing about something like that, uh, the cheddar pennies or the bene seed, um, I call it a biscuit, but it's this, it's a cracker, um, is that you can make the dough, roll them out, roll them into logs, into plastic, wrap it in plastic wrap and put them in the freezer. I, I freeze very few things. I buy almost no frozen frozen product, um, but this is perfectly fine to freeze it, as long as it's not in there for any period of time because everything eventually gets sort of ruined in the freezer. But um, if you want to make it, you know, and have it for the next couple of months, um, you know, it's nice to have that kind of backup and you pull it out and they're easier to slice when it's cold anyway. So once it gets past the frozen stage, you know, you just slice them thin and put them on a cookie sheet and bake them at 350 and you have a really sweet little snack. I want to go back to something you were talking about in the, the last episode for a minute, quesadillas. Mm-hmm. That, that is definitely a great snack. It's also a good emergency meal, mm-hmm. and it is great for cleaning out your fridge. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You know, that's when you think right. of it, hey, buy good corn tortillas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the thing that people, I think, don't always do, you can get those those tortillas. You can get your quesadilla really light and crispy, almost airy by having the pan warm enough and the oil warm enough mm-hmm. before you go in there with it. You know, not not smoking, but not far off. Right. And uh, and it's, it's a very quick on each side, you know, turn mm-hmm. so that you don't, so you don't blacken the things. But oh, my goodness. That, yeah, I use corn oil. Um, what do you use? An- usually canola or grapeseed. Okay. Uh, so you can take that at a high temperature really safely. And this may and, seem super and use a, use a heavy pan, you know. Right, right. This may seem super simple, but um, you taught me this. I never thought to put salt and pepper on the outside of that quesadilla. And the first time you did that, I'm like, oh my God, these are so good. And I mean, I would just never have thought to put it on the outside after it comes out of the pan, or you know, right as you're bringing it out of the pan. Once it's nice and crispy, yeah, a little bit of salt and black pepper on top is nice. But like you say, using everything, like I love mushrooms in a quesadilla. Um, you know, a more neutral cheese, maybe not cheddar with button mushrooms, but I mean, it, it just like you say, like I leftovers think. from dinner the night before. You had a little pork leftover, shred it and pop it in there with some red onion, cilantro, jalapeno. Mm, yum. The, the thing is that you end up with that crispy outside, but but sort of you know whatever in the world you might put into a taco or you know like it, it's something good and tasty inside, but you have that crunchy exterior that's like just caramelized. Yep, um, yummy. My, my, my current obsession is I usually have some kind of good salami in the fridge. So mm-hmm. maybe, it's, maybe it's calabrese, just sliced super thin, uh, feta cheese. Uh, if there's a little bit of leftover mushrooms, just get them crispy or a little bit of corn, you know, just warm it. All of that in the quesadilla. Um, the feta will melt enough if you mm-hmm. want it to be a, a little stickier, runnier. Mix that with like with something mild, provolone, mozzarella, or something. 
Right. And then on the outside, along with the salt and pepper, a little za'atar. What's that? Uh, it's it's like an herby spice mixture, North African, and Ooh. and um, it tastes amazing. Smells a little bit like something illegal, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> but 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 mostly it tastes that, good. And that, it tastes okay. great, and that yeah, huh. and that's a perfect like. You get home at one thirty in the morning, oh yeah, and you want something to eat, and you want it to be quick. Mm-hmm. And snacky, and you want like one glass of red wine, yeah, you know, but not nothing too heavy, so you can just sleep decently and get up at five o'clock and talk to the bakers. Mm-hmm. You know, that is like definitely some, when the quesadillas happen when I come home from work. Oh yeah, that that I don't I don't make them really any other time. Like you say, it's just so quick and easy, and there it is. It's oh my god, the 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 food that restaurant people eat at the end. <laughs> Of the night, you know, that's, I mean, it could be as simple as uh, last night doing first close on a, on a new project, get a big piece of cheese out, cut up some mm-hmm. walnut bread and open an older bottle of Chateau Notre Pop so everyone has a little bit of a treat and have those strings together. Aye, aye, aye. That, that was a quality snack. Yeah, sure. So let's go to, uh, I think we have an excellent caller coming up. This is Linda in Baltimore. Linda, how are you? Hi, Linda. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you today? Good. Thank you. Getting hungry. Listening to your snack. <laughs> <laughs> That's because we all love snacks. So what's your favorite snack? Fried pork rind. Hmm. Freshly you- fried in the south, sometimes you can get them hot, sprinkle it with salt and a little cayenne pepper. Oh man, how far? Okay. How far? How far south do you have to go? Uh, I was in Atlanta <laughs> once visiting my cousins, okay. and we stopped by um, a Spanish place that fixed them. But I yeah, have I had want- them in Baltimore once, long time ago. Black sauce made them. Oh, very, very good. good. Very good. Very good. That's so cool. the cool thing. yeah, so it's chicharrones in uh, in uh, Latino world. Mm-hmm. The pork rinds. Yeah, that is that is nice to get fresh. Well, Linda, you may like to know that we just made chicharrones at at my kitchen the other day, uh, and uh, we had some chicken skins uh, that I pulled off of the breasts and I handed them over to one of my cooks and. The next thing I knew, some of the <laughs> most delicious things in the world came out of that fryer. I cannot believe how good, and that's got to be so darn bad for you. I mean, the level of cholesterol in those skins, I can't even imagine, and then pop it in a fryer, but man, were they good. So I'm with you on the pork rinds. Absolutely. And that's why it's guilty. <laughs> exactly. We, 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 may, sure. we may have to, uh, Cindy, we may have to follow up this program with a program with a cardiologist. <laughs> uh, thanks for calling, Linda. Appreciate it. Thanks, Linda. Bye. Have a good Sunday. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Nice. Let's go to uh, Pamela and Towson. Pamela, how are you? Hey, Pamela. I'm fine. How are you? Good. good. What's going on? I ha- I need help. I have a snack from my childhood memory that I 
I don't know the name of. I couldn't tell you what it was, but if you could tell me, I'd be so, so happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. My grandmother always served it at Christmas, Thanksgiving as sort of an hors d'oeuvre. It was a tiny thing. Now, I should say my grandparents were from England, so they may have imported it from England. It was not salt. It was not sweet. It was closer to salty, but it was tiny, maybe one inch long by a quarter inch tall, flat on the bottom, but multifaceted like a diamond on top, a geometric shape. The taste was sort of not quite crunchy like a cracker and not quite nutty, somewhere in between. Hmm. Can you help? Is this some kind of a savory biscuit? Yeah, Hmm. savory. I would say savory, but tiny, you know, very small. And you'd grab a handful like a bunch of nuts. Hmm. Yeah, sounds like the kind of thing that you'd want a a, a terrific English beer for, honestly. Yes, But I I can't, I'm not sure. I was a child. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm guessing your grandfather took care of that for you then. I'm not sure what that would be, but maybe somebody listening knows knows what you're referring to. Maybe they'll call in if they do. That would be nice. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Cindy, I'll ask the research department to to get into it. One <laughs> okay. of one of our cracked research team will uh, come up with the answer. I'm certain. Always love to challenge you too. Love the show. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you guys so much. Happy Sunday. Happy Thanks for passing in. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we come back on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. Uh, it'll be more snacks and more of your calls. Reach us 410-662-8780 or email us formanwolf at wypr.org. And Cindy, don't let me forget, I've got uh, emails from the cheese program that we did, were never able to get to. Okay, good. Since that was a colossal roster of emails um, <laughs> a few weeks ago that we'll need to get in the next segment on WIPR. Listening to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine right here on 88.1 WYPR. Welcome back to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And, you know, we're live today and we're, we're taking your calls 410 662 8780 or email us foremanwolf.wypr.org and we've got more of those to get to. Sen, did you ever try, speaking of snacks, when we had that thinking about cardiologist moment, you ever had any of those bizarre fried snacks at various state fair or carnivals, fried Oreos or pickles or? No, never. No? Mm-mm. Have you? Yeah. I, no, I, it's, I've never been attracted to that kind of thing. Me either. <laughs> And I'm just, I'm, but I'm a little bit curious. Now it's making me think about people's, you know, what, why those things are desirous. So I'd be curious to hear mm-hmm. if you, okay. if you want to call and lecture me on fried, uh, you know, pickles, I don't know, carnival yeah. treats. Let's do it. Four ten six six two eight seven eight zero. Right away, please. First, we'll take uh, Bill in Baltimore. Bill, how are you? Hi, Bill. I'm great. Sorry, I'm in my car, but this is such a great show. Um, I've had fried pickles before, but I don't think of them as carnival food. But 
they're great. Um, but I caught about a couple different types of foods. Um, one was, again, like the us potato chips. My father, my grandfather, no longer around, used to bring home huge bins of them. They were gold, like gigantic bins of potato chips. Um, and we would eat them all the time, and we never were concerned about health or anything like that when I was growing up. Um, but, and they're delicious. And the, the other two foods are one, Marcona almonds. I love Ooh. them. I think Ooh. they're yeah. so good. Um, with some cheese or something. Um, those are those are great. Um, and the last one is uh, french fries and gravy. I don't know why I think of that as a snack food, except, again, when I was younger, my, fa- my father would like bring that to me as a snack. So that's one of my snacks. Wow. Have you ever had that? I mean, not poutine with yeah. cheese. That's the, that, that, that's one of those French fries with gravy are one of those things that I think of as like the 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 height of diner cuisine. Right. Like that's that's you know go, going in with an uncle sitting at the counter and you know he gets lunch and boom you got French fries and gravy. It sounds like a pretty serious treat. Yeah. It was well there was a place called Miller's Deli. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was yeah. there. And so my father, and it was on Town Road, near the Town Road Plaza. But if my father was coming home from work, he would get that for me after practice or something. And it was, it was delicious. So I, I haven't had it for maybe 20 years or something like that. Uh, but now thanks to the show, I think I'm going to have to make it. Um, <laughs> but, but I will. Do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Let us know how it goes, Bill. I will. Thank you for the show. It's great. Oh, okay. very nice. Thanks Thank for you calling so in. much. Yeah, Tony, one of my one of one of our treats, we would go to Howard when I was really little, we would go to Howard Johnson's. Like if you if you had like he said, if, if you had a game or, you know, a dance recital or, you know, something like that, we'd go to Howard Johnson's and I, I remember getting orange sherbet which, I mean, I thought was the most exotic thing in the entire world, and the color was so great. And also, we, my mom would get fried clams there. Do you remember those? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think they were famous for those things, and I, I even liked them when I was little. Fried clams at Howard Johnson's. There you go. Yeah, when, when, when I was a kid, fried clams there and everywhere else in the world were the top of my list. Clam everything was the top of my list when I was a kid. I don't know exactly why. <laughs> I still like them, but man. They were you good. Climbs, I was there. Yeah. All right. Well, I I think also you know when you talk about snacks, we were we had sort of touched on, um, you know, the whole charcuterie thing, and I think it's just such a treat to have you know, and you can get all your condiments out, and um, you know, it's like have have pickles and you know olives and all different types of cheeses and all kinds of cured meats and good bread. Um, just, I mean, it's just such a treat to have, you know, to, to eat that way. Um, and, and we were also talking about, because with chips, you know, the potato chips are sort of unhealthy, uh, depending on how they're made, you know, what about making vegetable chips instead? Well, you know, know, it always, you you know, from trying to do it, it always depends on the moisture content Mm -hmm. and, and the starch content of the, of the chip. Right. I love parsnips. To go back to all of your, um, salty treats, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the charcuterie, salamis, cheeses, olives, with all those salty things, uh, I'll give you a, 
a little quick recommendation, really high value wine for the money um, that is great to have, a little cool and with those salty goodies. And probably, honestly, pretty darn good, just burger or pasta wine. Uh, there's a producer in um, the town of Montepulciano uh, in Tuscany that produces a, a Sangiovese 100% wine, uh, a Rosso de Montepulciano. And the producer's name is Val de Piatta. Uh, Val de Piatta is, has a female winemaker who is super talented, Miriam Corporali. Mm. Uh, the most recent release, uh, the 18 vintage is fantastic. It is not a big piece of money at all. And that is a very, very good all-purpose, you know, Tuscan red, but especially for those those salty treats. I'm sorry, it just popped into my head immediately. I was like, that's exactly what I want. Oh, good, good. So let's run through some emails. We have a, a, a little stack here. So we've got a couple of snack emails. Jim in Highland Town. This is snack, but also meal. Something I look forward to more than maybe anything is a crab pretzel at Camden Yards. Salt, fat, crab, and my O's. Not bad, even if they're still rebuilding. Hmm. Oh, wow. I feel, your, I feel your pain, Jim. That's. Um, let's see. Let's, I'm going to go to a game and get that. I understand. Here we go. Here's one more uh, from Brian. Utz crab chips and fino sherry. Oh. <laughs> Wow, awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Cold, cold, fino, cold fino sherry with like a little bit spicy, a little bit okay. sweet, you know. That's fun. That's, that's, I've that's never had their call. crab chips. All right, we're going to have to try that too now. Uh, let's see, from Kim, cold pizza. And since I'm from Buffalo, we did everything in blue cheese. <laughs> For sure. Oh, the land yeah. of buffalo wings. Oh, I have to admit I like those too. I Kim, love buffalo you, wings we, when they're executed well. Kim, here's your, that's your title when you write your novel. And since I'm from Buffalo, we did everything <laughs> in blue cheese. That's, we've got a caller to grab uh, Catherine in Baltimore County. Catherine, go ahead. Hey, Catherine. Hi. I'm in the car, too. Apologies. And I'm from up near your new inn that's opening. And we're very excited to have you as neighbors. Thank you. We're excited to do it. Yeah, we can't wait. I'm calling for a fried treat that's not necessarily a fair food that you were talking about, but I want to advocate for the summer treat of the perfectly fried green tomato with a little bit of salt and put on as a sandwich with a leftover dinner roll, just like my great-grandmother used to make them. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Very good. Mm. Good memories. I tell you, the fried green tomato done as a Benedict, mm -hmm. where that's the English muffin, that's pretty cool. That's, that you perch other things on. You know, maybe it's a little crab, maybe it's a crab and an egg. Mm -hmm. You know, that piece of ham. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Uh, more you. emails. Jessica, uh, cowboy caviar, AKA Texas caviar, guacamole. Yeah, guacamole is definitely on the, on the top five all time snack list, I think. Absolutely. From Gail, decades ago, I was at a barbecue where there was a huge bowl of fresh strawberries accompanied with an equally enormous bowl of flavor whipped cream. Mm. It was an alcoholic mixture, but I don't remember the flavor except that it was perfect. <laughs> mm. Yum. <laughs> Is there some sort of classic combination for this treat? I've never forgotten how refreshing it was. 
the only alcoholic thing I can think of that's just great with strawberries in some kind of a creamy drink is amaretto, the almond liqueur. Mm-hmm. I like port too. You could put with, port in your whipped cream and serve it with strawberries. That would be delicious. This is, uh, you'll like this one, Sin. Uh, this is from Carol. When I was young and living in Pittsburgh, there was a couple that had a radio talk show. They always talked about peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. <laughs> they were open-faced white bread with peanut butter <laughs> topped with dill pickle chips and cooked under the broiler. Oh, no, 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 oh. no. Oh, I can't. They were our family's go-to for oh my late God, that's awesome. snack, and they are delicious. <laughs> Ah. Oh, the yikes. I'm glad wow. I didn't grow up I in mean, your I, family. <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> a, a little harsh. Then. No, I know, but I'm sure you loved it. I, I get it. I get it. My, my, my dad, when, uh, <laughs> when I was probably six or seven, his big thing was to uh, get the griddle hot and make grilled cheese, but grilled cheese and peanut butter and oh. jelly and honey oh. and, if you're lucky, banana slices. No. And and do that all of course it's the early seventies, so you're talking about margarine. On on the grill. I love your dad, but, but no. Yeah. No, that's just I don't know. My seven year old right. self was pretty down with it. You're that. happy with it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yep. That's and those peanuts that your dad likes come in the shell. I think that's an important oh, yeah. point. Oh yeah. They were in the shell. Well, because you, I remember he used to bring bags of those over to our house and I'm like, Man, I haven't had these in so long. The first time he brought them over, I couldn't believe it because I'm like, I can sit down and eat those peanuts. I don't know what it is about the ones in the shell, but they seem like they're better than anything ever, peanut-wise. Uh, they kind of get their salt when they get them from your hands, you know? Mm-hmm. Or maybe um, boiled peanuts might be a no, second no. runner. Boiled, I know how much you hate those, Tony. <laughs> I gross. love them. <laughs> that is a gross snack. Love them. They're, they're all like Anybody out there like boiled peanuts that's listening? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. well. I don't want to talk to you if you do. <laughs> oh, I have. Yeah, sorry. Don't love cats. Snorted. Don't love boiled peanuts. Sorry, cat what? people. What? Oh uh, my you know, gosh! Just, I'm, we're telling you can't the truth say today. that out loud. I, no, I, I'm sure I didn't Louis, say don't it out loud. Don't listen to no, him. No, no he's sitting right here, Tony. He heard you. I'm sure that he's a wonderful cat. All right. Uh, a couple of quick um, emails from the cheese episode a few weeks back. Uh, what cheese would you pair with Ruby Port? Or an ice wine. I mean, ice wine is easy. It's a blue and, and some kind of a rich blue. So Ruby Port could be blue, but, but also something with just good relative strength and, and maybe almost a little sweetness to it. I mean, there are some cheddars that can be that way. Okay. And then uh, a last one from Steve in Crofton. Uh, the cheese I grew up on is laden, a Dutch cow's milk cheese with cumin and caraway seeds. Mm-hmm. I used to eat it sliced or on a cracker. But recently recently I came up with a grilled laden on pumpernickel or rye, sometimes with capicola and a bit oh, of balsamic honey that sounds, mustard. That sounds really good with a capicola yeah, on it. That's that that's Yeah, that sounds like a great sandwich. Good work, Steve, the sandwich chef in Crofton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go Steve. Anyway, I think that's about all we have time for. We should uh, remind people that you can download this or other episodes of our podcasts at the WIPR website, WIPR.org. Go to the Formula Wolf page, and there's a whole drop-down of uh, episodes that you can download. If you want to follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media. 
You can follow me uh, as Chef Cindy Wolf on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And my Instagram is the real Tony Foreman. And uh, I hope you guys have a snacky Sunday. <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> what, what else can you say? <laughs> Happy Thanks Sunday. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.